0: today's show is brought to you in partnership with clear Motive marketing i co-founded this high impact creative agency over 15 years ago we deliver marketing that matters to our clients through our three pillar approach number one research that delivers actionable insights two creative that attracts and engages new customers and three which is the backbone of our client success the people process and technology that ensure efficient consistent high quality results We have great ideas and incredible creative, which is expected from a national agency. What makes us different is that we also simplify workflow, use technology to speed up projects, and recommend activities that achieve higher returns. There is a mountain of work that happens behind the scenes to produce what our clients take for granted, and that's exactly how we want it. Because great creative combined with well-organized operations is why we have such long-standing relationships. For example, Honda Canada has renewed their contract with us annually for the last 12 years. Our clients are market leaders, so they're incredibly competitive. Efficiency, performance, and consistent results are the only way to get to the top and to stay there. If you're not getting the consistent results you need, I can help. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or check out clearmotive.ca. Hello and a warm collisions, YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning. I got two guests on the show this morning, Mr. Mackenzie McDougall and Tim Parrish. How are you doing, gents? Pretty good. Thanks for having us. So good to have you guys on. This will be aired sometime in the future, but this is one of those lovely minus thirty days when winter actually did finally show up in Calgary after yes. all that beautiful. Oh, is it ever going to come? Yes, 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 it is, <laughs> and it and it finally showed up. So we're both sitting all cozy. We're all three of us are sitting cozy and warm, and, and at our at our at our own desk, not out not out braving the weather uh, at the at the moment. I met you guys. I don't even know how we met. That's the beauty of this podcast. I've done it for long enough now that it's one degree of separation and, and you know, that is kind of Calgary. So we won't even go down that road. But I was really curious about Arc Surveys, which is where you, the two of you work and some of the technology you've developed. And I'm always curious about sectors that have done things the way they've done them for a long time. And when innovation and tech, new technology and digital disruption starts to come into play. So Tim, I'm going to turn it over to you. What is Arc Surveys? What do you guys do? And then let's get into what we're chatting a little bit today, which is around some of the tech that you guys have evolved are evolving and using to change how you do work in your space
1: yeah for sure well arc survey started in 2012 and we're a land surveying company um so we're in the construction space as you mentioned and we're constantly looking for ways to improve our technology do things better more efficiently Um, but to sum up who we are is uh we think of ourselves kind of like apple you know what they they build computers, but they say, you know what, we're a tech company, right? Like that's kind of their thing, innovative, like how can we do this better? How can we take the last amazing product we created and totally destroy it and make a better one? (laughs) Um, For us, we say, you know what, yeah, we do land surveying, but we are a customer service company. It's all about the people out there, the client. And I know a lot of people will say that, but uh, that's really what we've developed. And you can see throughout our brand, how we treat our clients. Um, and even the people who work here will testify like that the customers are number one. And so from our humble beginnings in 2012, we've had that attitude and has really skyrocketed us to really uh, become a really dominant force in uh, inner city Calgary, the municipal of Calgary and you know the surrounding towns in that. Um, we may complete land surveys, but we are customer service oriented. We tell lawyers, realtors, builders, you know what, phone calls are free, emails are free. We're not your lawyer, your accountant. Um, come sit down, have coffee with us, whatever it takes. Like We want to be an educational company. Um, and so that's really who we are at the core. I'm curious. I
0: want to back you up a little bit, just again, always looking in from the outside and always pleading ignorance as my first entry point into any conversation of like, I don't know what you described. Is that non-typical? When I look at other survey companies, obviously this is a discipline and a profession and a skill set that's been around for a long, long time, the way you described it. It's obviously what you're passionate about and what you believe in, and I'm assuming you believe that it is different, but the industry as a whole, if I was to look, you know, cruise over at 30,000 feet and look down, would I see that level of innovation change or would I see a little bit of, well, this is the way we've always done it? Because it feels like it might be ripe for that, and that's my own kind of point of view.
1: Totally. I would say you're going to see both. Uh, You're going to see some companies that are, this is the way we've always done it. Um, land surveying is a very old profession, and we get we can get stuck in our ways and how we do things. Um, and then you're going to see other companies who have seen that. Yeah, with technology, the advent of technology, we can do things better for our client, our customer, and how we actually perform the land survey. So. I wouldn't blanket everybody and say, oh.
0: No, I, pre- I, pre- I mean? appreciate that.
1: There are definitely other companies out there who are who are innovative too, for sure. And we'll
0: talk about the customer in a little bit because often sometimes you have to have permissibility. Like what will the customer permit you to do? And, you know, hey, this isn't the way we've always done it. So we'll get to that. But I also want to talk about, you just made the comment about using technology. Is this an incidence? And I listened, to a, I listened to a speaker recently. She said, hey, you know, be careful when technology is just about efficiency. What about when technology can actually provide you with better insights and better thinking? And you know, there's sometimes an agile well, geez, if I had more time and I could get away, get away with those repetitive tasks, I'd have more time to think. But sometimes we also just fill up our day with more tasks. In, the, in when you say the word technology, is it both? Is it this is actually more efficient and manpower and our ability to kind of quote unquote get shit done? My words, not yours. Versus yeah. actually this is giving us better con, this is giving us better information than we've ever had before. What's the balance to play?
1: yeah totally um again it's 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 going to be both so Hmm. uh backstory here so um a lot of uh smaller survey mid-sized smaller companies are still kind of using paper files right so um a crew will come in or grab a, a set of files that that's how it was done for decades right they'll go out they'll have their plans in there and they'll and they'll go to the site survey all that kind of stuff they'll be drawing with uh paper and uh, pencil and that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of companies, including us, have transitioned into now everything is remote and digital. So, you know, you're on the cloud, you're using iPads to draw everything, all your evidence is on that. It's submitted ASAP right to the office. A drafting team can pick it up right now. So when a client's like, hey, I know you said this is gonna do on Friday, uh, can I get it on a Wednesday? We can rush a job through, get it done. The, uh, Field crews not driving, you know, an hour back to an office, or if he's
0: just just to remote. bring you a roll, a tube full of paper. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, yeah. it's there. Um, from the, are we getting better data? Your the second part of your question, absolutely. And Mac will talk about this a little, a little bit later. Uh, the 3D scanning that we do is creating an incredible amount of data for our architectural clients to the point where they've told us in meetings with them, like we never want to go on site ever again and use our <laughs> old ways of doing things. <laughs>
0: That is, that, that is the highest form of compliment. You know, those yeah. old ways, uh, you've, you've shown us a better way. Okay, yeah. well, let's, let's, let's kind of work you into the conversation here. You've been at the organization for 10 months, scanning technician and drafter. So just give give the audience a little bit, kind of what's your world? And cause it sounds like you're the guy who's got the hands on the tools, whatever whatever that looks mm-hmm.
2: like. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I started uh, just last uh, April and uh, basically have been... Uh, more or less learning kind of the trade and and stuff and but i i i I was really interested in starting to learn the um the laser scanning side of things and i i'd never done that like I, i i'd always measured buildings you know with a tape measure and uh or a laser tape measure and uh you know, <laughs> coupled. couple-
0: Which I love it. It's just, it's still a tape measure. It's just using better technology, but we're still using the same principle yeah. th- versus shifting how you do it completely, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: it's still, it's still a tape measure. It's just a very, yes. <laughs> very accurate tape measure. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, basically um, when I started, actually Tim Tim showed me a lot of how like the, the scanner worked and uh, like the process and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we've just been, we've probably done like- 40 projects, maybe 50 projects so far, or just scanning wise. And they've ranged from, you know, small little, you know, um, like little mechanical rooms to like arenas and, uh, and, and, and bigger. Right. Um, And yeah. So,
0: and so for you from a career perspective, always thinking about, you know, as organizations, we're trying to attract new team members. We're trying to do, we're trying to do something that attracts the right people. So for you thinking about all the jobs that are out there, looking, of course I'm creeping on your LinkedIn as I always do. So you come from this industry, architectural technologist, drafting technician. How for you also was this, was it also an opportunity or like, it sounds like it was an exciting door to go, hey, I can take my career in a different, in a different direction while starting to, uh, you know, by working with a company who's willing and and is putting the time, energy and money behind developing this new way of doing it.
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I just I saw the opportunity and, and and thought like wow that's a really cool opportunity to learn something brand new that I hadn't really like I, I had understood like survey drawings and survey mm-hmm. plans and RPRs and I, I understood those types of drawings but when I read about the laser scanning aspect it was it really interested me because it got the opportunity to, to um, use other softwares and, and and do other things with that um, and from a career potential that it,
0: it, it, yeah, it's like, wow, this has nothing but upside or nothing, but, you know, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of ceilings, I, the, the more technology back to digital transformation as it's hitting every, as it's hitting every industry, then mm-hmm. in that tec- that technical role. Sometimes you're the person who gets to fool around with the cool stuff. Definitely. <laughs> just, to, just to be blunt.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. Cause my role is like, it's, it's a bit, it is very technical and hands-on, but it, it is, it is still very drafting oriented. So like I, what but I, but I basically still, still back
0: to the core discipline.
2: Exactly. It? Yeah. So, I you know, see. I'm still okay. using standard drafting procedures to, to make plans for, for, for architectural clients. Um, but yeah, like going back to their career perspective, it was, it was, it was a nice like leap into a new unknown field that I wasn't really, you know, I didn't really have any experience in, but. But, you know. st-
0: but still founded in the journey that you've been on, which, I, which I appreciate. Yeah. It was uh, like
2: kind of like a mesh of like kind of two, kind of two worlds <laughs>
0: tim pivoting back to you for a second thinking about you know industries professional designated industries with lots of regulatory this is how we do it was that a barrier at all for you guys as an organization going okay we need to bring a new technology to the table is it going to be taken seriously is it going to be seen as credible are there going to be clients that like well wait a second how do i trust this data because it wasn't a guy with a tape wasn't a guy or a gal with a tape measure or was that not was that not true Was that not the case?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I would say it was, there is a bit of a barrier uh, to entry and people are skeptical for sure um, because they're used to the old ways of doing things. I'll give you one example, an architect that um, I was speaking with uh, about this technology and we do work for him uh, in our other services. And I said, this is something that we can bring uh, to the table for you. And this is what it's gonna do for you. He was very hesitant and to this day, didn't want to go ahead with it um he he trusted the old ways of doing things right and so so yeah to your point there is almost like a an invisible wall like well what is this uh you know we're architects is it very accurate i know and that's usually what it comes down to is can they trust the technology to deliver what they're used to and any client who has taken us on and says okay well you know what let me see what you've got they've all come back i mean from small uh, little mom and pop shops to large uh, multi-province uh, design companies they've all come back and said this is amazing i've shared it with my entire team so yes there there's an education process that we're that we're noticing
0: and I love what you said. Like I don't care how complex or how simple it is, trust is so much. You know whether it's good old Patrick Lancioni at the base of that pyramid. If you don't have trust, you can't build yeah. anything else on top of it, right? For so sure. from a, thinking about even if I'm listening to this and I'm a I'm a tech startup in some other field and I'm having trouble with that trust factor, was that just like try us? Like how did you guys how did you guys cross that barrier? Kind of in the early days of earning earning that hard to win and like priceless thing, which is trust. <laughs>
1: Totally. Well, um, t- to build that trust and relationships, we basically said, Look, we're gonna do this for you. Um, and at- at no cost, right? That's how okay, much you we guys did a bit it. of
0: the freemium model. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's how much we believe in it. That's how much we know this is going to work for you. Um, and so whether we discounted heavily or with people we had really good relationships with, we said, Look, we're gonna come out, we're gonna do this on site. Um, if you hate it, don't ever use it again. If you love it, then we can talk going forward. And that was really our that's our I guess our entrance into building that trust in a lot of those relationships, for sure.
0: And that comes back to you've also got to have a leadership team or a board, or depending on the size of your organization, that allows that. You get yes. too focused on, well, we didn't make a dollar today, so we're not gonna, we're not going to do it how much was that a dialogue or was that also just part of the culture of arc, which you kind of talked about that early on, because this feels like it fits right into the, well, how better, how best are we serving our customers?
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. How best we serve our customers. It's the culture of arc. We will definitely go through that process of like, Hey, you know what? Uh, This might not be making a dollar for us today, but we can see the long-term plan. And we believe this is technology that's definitely going to take us somewhere. So we'll sow into today to reap a better harvest in the future.
0: I appreciate, which is a cultural mindset and not every organization looks at it that way. Everyone talks about innovation because it's fun to talk about doing it has a whole other set of parameters tied to it. So talk to me a little bit about the technology, you know, Mackenzie, from your perspective, like it was new to you, but this, you guys didn't develop the technology or my, or did you, or like, cause I've done some work with some 3d scanning companies before, and it was more how they would help companies onboard it and use it. This was in kind of the parts and the, and the um, additive manufacturing industry of how do they use it in like almost a warehouse or a shop setting. So mm-hmm. I've had some exposure to it they took this technology that they didn't create, but how the use case came alive and how they helped clients use it. What was the journey for you guys in terms of the technology versus adoption and the balance of those two things?
2: Yeah, well, um, I mean, like laser scanning has been around for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not, and I'm sure Tim can talk about it too. Like it's, it's nothing new that we've discovered. It's been around for quite some time. Uh, I think for, for us, um, it's, it's a pretty new technology for maybe land surveying companies. Like it's it's not the very- use,
0: The use case itself.
2: Yeah, the use case itself. It, it, it hasn't really been widely adopted in a lot of land surveying companies. Um, a lot of realtors use kind of like very simple versions of these technologies for okay. like little walkthroughs for their, um, for properties. Um, but they don't really have like scanning capabilities. They don't produce point clouds or, and, and they don't, uh, they don't produce any data really. It's just 360. Well, cause the 360.
0: The end case of what you do is construction and modification and renovation. And like, yeah. back to your point about trust, where if I'm getting a walkthrough from a realtor and it gives me the rough floor plan, that's all I expect it to be as a rough floor plan. <laughs> I don't expect to build to scale with the HVAC and have it not fit afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so yeah, the, 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 the end game is bigger. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, Totally. And like the technology we use, like we, uh, we, we can get those floor plans. We yeah. can get them, uh, like whether I draw them or the, the website just produces them. Um, so yeah. Um,
0: and so if, is this the kind of technology just thinking about like digital twinning and some of those terms that are starting to float around yes. a lot more prevalently, is this kind of the similar technology that we yeah. use in, in, yeah. in those areas? Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what this is.
0: For you guys as an organization, Tim, when you were kind of spinning this up, because your role was to like bring this into the organization, how hard was it to find the right partner? Because sometimes that can be when you're not building the technology, but when you're relying on someone else's technology, that becomes, you don't want it to be the weak link in the chain, (laughs) I guess is what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) Well, that's exactly it, right? Um, And just to go back to what Mackenzie said, yeah, laser scanning has been around for a long time, and there's such a variety and a huge range of what it can do. And so um, because we were kind of niching down to we want to create the digital twin 3D model for architectural services, we need a technology that could do that. And uh, we we weren't looking for the uh, type of uh, laser scanning that is to the incredible absolute millimeter at 200 feet away, kind of the thing that's scanning a building, underground services or anything like that. We're looking for something that has efficiency, that is extremely accurate, but also has speed. So. Yeah, we went through um, all of the name brand uh, laser scanning companies out there. To you said that people are creating this technology, right? Until we found one. Um, again, we're, we're not afraid of like being in innovative. And so I would call up, randomly call up, again, like LinkedIn stock, almost like companies that I thought were using some of these technologies that we might be looking at, you know, message them, like try to, and some return your call, some don't, right? To get onto emails, to get onto web chats, to to do a call just to say, hey, are you using this? You know, we're we're across the country. We're not a co- threat to you guys. How has it been in that? And I have to say, like. Oh,
0: nice, yeah, okay. You know, and was there a willingness for collaboration? Ab-
1: absolutely, from uh, some, huge. for sure. Yeah, and,
0: and <laughs> always for some, Always for caveat, some, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right?
1: You know, those who didn't have that scarcity mindset. Um, yeah. and, and that helped us out a lot, right? Um, just being willing to say, hey, we're willing to contact a company in Ontario and say, would you get on a call with us? Have you used this technology? What is it? How is it working for you? Can you uh, confirm, you know, it, its results? And those you definitely help. Can confirm or help. deny the results?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, curious around the, you know, the the concept of fall in love with your don't fall in love with the problem, fall in love with your customers' version of the problem. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me, and please push back and I'm just. You were pretty clear on what problem there was to be solved with a customer. It sounded like the real lift, or certainly the work that Arc did, was, okay, what is actually going to allow us to do this? It was finding the right solution and the way to do it. It didn't sound like you had to do a whole bunch of exploratory work because you knew the sector, because you knew yeah, the clients right. and you knew what work they were doing now. It felt it felt like that we can make it better was clear. It was then the how we make it better was maybe the lifting. Is that am Absolutely. I am, am I breaking that down properly? Yeah, yeah you nailed it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And how uh, that feels like an easier part of the journey and I'm not trying to dip, like there's nothing I, I, I'll be careful I' use the word easy very cautiously. <laughs> oh, it looks so easy the way you did it. you're like, "Oh geez, you weren't there all the late nights we we're trying to figure out this was the wrong path that was the, that was the right path. but having that deep customer expertise and understanding and then going out on a quest to solve it, it just feels like a different way to kind of back into it than if you're like, oh, I've got this cool technology. who can I help with it?" That feels so much more <laughs> hard to identify
1: for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Like you said, the customer base was there. We were looking at it, seeing a need that the customer had that we weren't solving and they weren't doing a, a great job of it either uh, using their old ways. So we looked for ways that we could uh, come to a, a great solution. And fortunately, we found one.
0: And is this, are you guys, you know, like so many industries, man, if I had time, if I wasn't busy, the things I would research and the things I would figure out, is that a little bit of the symptom of I, I, it's many industries like, oh man, if I had more time, the things I would do. <laughs> uh, but you know, the reality of you being able to back to your customer service mandate of uh, we will make the time because we know you don't have it. And we'll come to you with a solution to what we've all know is a, is a just, oh, it's just, you know, the classic. Oh, that's the way it goes. Is it? Can we do better? To me that sounds like so much of the formula.
1: Absolutely. You know, that's just part of the culture here. How do we do better? How do we improve, right? And we and we give time and energy, talent, resources, financial resources to those things to say, you know, what can we do better? If you're not growing, you're dying. So that's kind of our
0: motto. <laughs> no, standing still is a myth because the world's moving past you. From an organizational perspective, and just curious for anybody listening, especially if you're an existing organization, it's that, oh, we want to do all these initiatives, but we're not giving people time to do it. Do you carve out, like, is that part of your mandate as an organization that go, okay, we're going to work on this and we're going to do, we're, we've got 20 hours a week. I'm being very, very one-to-one on this, but from an organizational or a leadership perspective, kind of your advice or your experience around, you've got to set time aside for these things or they won't, or they won't happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. I would say, you know, we're not perfect at it. Um, I appreciate we, your honesty. <laughs> yeah. um, we definitely don't put our heads down and just do things the way it is day in, day out, and then look up one day and say, oh, shoot, the world's passed us by. Um, so we do have that mindset of like every year, you know, all right, what are we moving on that's new? How are we growing? Um, you know, our whole organization, you know, just to exemplify that you know we have our own business coach right who who we help coach us in our organization in that just because we believe in training and coaching so much and so so yeah, we definitely set aside as a leadership team a lot of time to discuss what's new, what's innovative, how can we grow, how can we do better, and then that will trickle down into the rest of the team for sure. And then as that trickles down, um, as as to Matt can attest, it's like, okay, well, you know what, this isn't making us any money right now, but let's let's figure it out, let's play with it, can it? We had a, just a, a lead another, uh, maybe this week, actually, and they were looking at getting some 3D scanning done uh, for some mechanical parts, and these were unique, we'd never done them before, like, you know, Mac and I... Um, so, okay, well, let's figure this out. Like, how can we serve this client? So Mac just got the equipment out and we just kind of went, like there was no, we weren't making money here, right? We just said, hey, if can we do this? Can we figure it out? And it turned out it wasn't something we were going to be able to deliver on for this client. So we researched another company who could do it and passed them on to that, um, that I company. I appreciate that. Yeah. Le-
0: leaving the client with some type of, or the, like, exactly. the customer with a potential answer. You know, when, when you get the... Uh, the benefit of being the trusted partner who gets that yeah. first call. I hate not sending them away with something, if, you know, in the honesty of like, we're not the right fit, but here, let me refer oh, you to somebody. Oh, it's painful to say
1: no, but. Oh, I hate it, it's the worst, <laughs> yeah.
0: No, not us, but let me refer you to so-and-so. They're great, yeah. go go, yeah. go, and chat with them. <laughs> if you look back, Tim and, well, Mackenzie, both of you, but the early days of, of bringing this on board, lessons learned, things you would have done differently. You know, it's a bit of a cliche question, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of things I would maybe slightly do differently if I could go back. Any things around bringing this 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 offering up to speed in your organization any any things you walked away with tim and then mckenzie will get into it even from the technology and onboarding someone new
1: yeah um we take a lot of risks i i would say right and so uh we say yes to things sometimes that we're like oh we're unsure we can do this and sometimes (laughs) that can be quite stressful and and lots of late nights and lots of people involved in that kind of stuff um so you know i think that's the normal to a startup um or division startup and so Uh, My takeaway would be I would probably look at being uh maybe less aggressive on some of these kind of moments where I was like, "We can do it, no problem. We'll get it done."
0: <laughs> can I quote you on this, Tim? Later on, when you when when Mackenzie calls me and says, "Well, Tim is he didn't seem to follow his fight?" No, I'm just joking. Because <laughs> that's hard but it's in your DNA to say yes. It those, is. those are tough ones. It I, I, maybe I'm, I'm empathizing with you too much.
1: Yeah. 100%, You know, I'm in business development, sales, marketing, and and those personalities. And if you've you have worked with one, and you, we say <laughs> yes before we know we can do it all a lot. Yes, versus
0: even yes and just
1: yes. yes. Hell yes! Hell yeah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie, for yourself, coming on board to an organization that's you know a divisional startup, like the the, the internal startup, which is a whole other uh, discipline in itself. how is that experience, or maybe advice or thoughts that you can that you can give? To, this is a delicate question. I, r- I recognize, mm-hmm. in terms of as you grow this team, how do you think about how you might onboard people in the future, and just you know how companies can set new people up for success when they're when they're walking into a new environment that maybe doesn't have a playbook yet.
2: Right. I think just setting really clear goals and expectations and um, just really defining what those like deliverables are going to be like early on. Like if if somebody doesn't like for for me, as an example, like I didn't have I didn't know how to use the scanner at all. I didn't know. (laughs) So that goal number one. (laughs) Like I didn't know any of the like. Common practice or anything like I I understood what it did, but I didn't know. Oh, you need to place them, you know, ten feet apart or like fifteen feet apart, and set up targets and you know do all this um, setting up work. Um, so like, if um, to answer your question, like if if we were ever to add somebody uh, onto this, I think it would be just a nice like there should just be like a nice onboarding program where we just you know give them the training and the skills that they need to to succeed um, cuz once you once you understand this technology it, it it does become pretty easy to to do it i shouldn't say easy okay. but you know it it, it it's, a lot of things
0: are easy once you know how they work right yeah, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to use the word easy a little yeah. bit loosely like I,
2: I can't really say easy cuz like we we recently just we we scanned like uh, a a gigantic office building and it was 50,000 square feet per floor and it was it just it flooded us so easy I,
0: is not the word you'd use to describe it.
2: But <laughs> like, I mean, we, I was there, Tim was there and we were both do, like doing stuff in the building, like scanning, measuring, and, and, and it took us a couple weeks. And, and, and
0: how do you bring all that together into kind of a, 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 a top-down view of the whole thing, right? This is yeah. a bunch of fragmented pieces.
2: Yeah. So like in that situation, mm-hmm. it, it would have been nice to maybe have another scanner and another person doing like another floor at a different time. Yeah. Um, but that might be a lesson learned kind of thing if we ever do get um, something in our as,
0: as, as, as it grows Yeah, because from your thoughts and this is I'm getting into the psychology of, of hiring and recruiting and this is so much the world we live in I, it's hard to hire someone with the skills to do something that's new that we haven't done before so what kind of characteristics do we actually start to look for like I love your honesty like I came in I didn't even know how to use it but clearly you had a level of resourcefulness you had a you had a figure it out factor that was mm-hmm. very very high which those things can be very hard to hire for so if you think about if Mackenzie, you were in the hiring role, now, I'm putting, in, I'm putting yeah. you in a weird position. So it was like, where's this going, Tyler? What does he do? <laughs> like? and, and, and you need to hire your number two. What are some of the actual attributes, like from a personality perspective, saying that they don't have the technical skill, but they've got all these other things that I know is going to set them up for success? What would you look for?
2: Yeah. Um, I would probably see uh, an individual that was pretty conscientious uh they they had a love for technology um probably somebody that like um you know isn't afraid to like kind of go a little bit further than just you know just the standard you know they they want to like perform really well um and i know that's impo- almost impossible to know you know meeting in person for the first time but um i would see you know all those other key buzzwords like hardworking and (laughs) honest and
0: (laughs) totally i guess what i'm getting at is you know it was so many often and i've got young niece and nephew and like They don't have the skills, but they have the aptitudes and they have the energy. And I think for so many of us, no matter where we are in our career, we're heading somewhere that we don't have the skills to do the thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was just touching on it, playing around with it a little bit. How do you hire for attributes? How do you hire for those core competencies that probably aren't the tech? Because the tech might be new. And the way, Tim, you and your organization decide to use them might also be new. So just playing around with a little bit of that, because I think we can all take a page from that, whether it's personally or I'm going to hire someone on the team and then they need, and then we write these unicorn job descriptions of all the things (laughs) they know how to do that just don't exist. In yeah. the real world oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. so Tim what's your point of view when you look at even hiring and recruiting is this an industry where there's a lot of people that are like hey yeah I've been in it for a while or is it like what, what's the talent pool look like as you guys grow
1: yeah for sure um, to build on um, what Max said in your question there you know we hire for character um, drive ambition uh, inability to I don't know how this is gonna work but I'm gonna figure it out we hire for that first you know skills can be taught. Right. Yes. And so, uh, to your point, yeah. I mean, it's education is extremely important. And it's great to get skills, but sometimes we rely on that and and say, okay, well, I've got the skills, I'm now qualified, right? But when you're in a growth company where it's like, well, we don't know how to do this, but we are, you know, entrepreneurial. We're going to figure this out. What we really have to fall back on is this drive, this passion to figure this out, to basically say, yeah, I'm going to, you know get online. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to call up companies and figure out how this works. And, and we're going to make it happen. Versus somebody saying, I've got skills. Can you tell me what to do? Right? Uh, it's yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. Th- you know, neither are wrong. They're all all great people. But yeah. um, yes. when we're when we're talking about like trying to create a culture or a team in an organization that is moving in a certain direction, we d- we really do hire for people who have that, you know, can do I'm going to figure it out uh, attitude and, or have a solid, solid, um, you know, character, you know, very honest, truthful person. Um, and what's your, skills. now
0: now I'm getting into the secret sauce. Cause now it's when everyone's leaning it. And how do you like, what's your formula? What's your approach for doing that? Cause that sure. is a tricky thing. It is a tricky point. thing. Like it's hard to see the invisible sometimes, but yes. when it, once you start working with someone, that stuff shows up almost like week one, <laughs> yes, but in the interview, Oh man, it's tricky. Yeah. I've yet to become a mind reader. I'm working on it. I'm working yeah, on it. <laughs> totally.
1: Totally. I think that people, uh, hire too fast. And so Hmm. um, I would say that our secret sauce is a lot of questions, a lot of interviews.
0: A lot of hanging out, a lot of dates, a lot of first, second (laughs) dates. You hang out with somebody
1: long enough, they're gonna say something, you're gonna notice something right and that's not to say we don't give people a chance we totally do right um absolutely and and that we haven't um it's not that people are bad persons maybe there's not a good fit for the direction the company is going it's not good
0: or bad i completely agree with you it's like we have a certain way of doing things and another company has a different way of doing things you could excel over there and not excel here good or bad has to go away like there's it's not good or bad it's right fit or not right fit. yeah (laughs) well if i could just touch
2: on just my personal experience like i wasn't hired technically right on to the company like i was actually given a bunch of projects to kind of to do on my own time oh nice I
0: had a little bit of an audition I yeah, like that yeah a
2: bit of an audition exact and I loved that because I you know I got to dive right in and I I, I absolutely loved it and you know a couple projects down the road it was like okay well here we go. Well, then then, then, then the,
0: it becomes almost a no-brainer. You're like, well, we're already yeah. kind of working together because we are, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that versus the like pass or fail, right or wrong. Because yeah. none of us are mind readers and yeah. humans are messy and complex all at the same time. Exactly. But being able to do a few projects and I love like, you know, do you know, I work in marketing. You can do work together. Like it's not that hard to go, oh, let's just do it. Let's do a test project. Let's do a prototype something uh, that might just be even internal. And all of a sudden you go, oh, I know how, this is great, I love working with this person. Or you don't, or or you identify the pluses and minuses. I appreciate it, because it it is... Hiring is a crapshoot at the best of times. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you're the more clear, and I love Tim, you kind of, you, you took the mantle there. Like the more clear on who you are and what matters to you, the easier mm-hmm. that gets. Just like Mackenzie said, when people get hired, let's what's success look like? What are we actually trying Absolutely. to do? Even if we're not sure what it'll look like, we know where we're headed. That's right. So many times people get hired and they're like, okay, cool. You're here. Go fill out some paperwork and sit in the corner. We'll talk to you later. That yeah. doesn't set anybody up for success. No. That's <laughs> right. kind of late. Yeah. It's, it's lazy. Actually, it's super lazy. That's right. Um, talk to me a little bit about the financial side. Like, you know, obviously you're a startup, you got to go out and you got to find funding and you got to get mom and dad and the uncles and you seed round and then angels. When you're internal, was this a formalized or a structured approach at arc where you said, okay, we're going to set a budget. We're going to set goals. This is where we need to hit. This is what we're willing to invest. How disciplined was it? And again, you can be, please, please transparent or whatever you feel comfortable with. Just really trying to give the listener who's like, I want to do this in my organization, but I'm like, we have a way of doing things that probably doesn't work so well for startup style. divisions (laughs) divisions
1: <laughs> for sure for sure well um i guess just to kind of answer that in a, in a few different ways is again it comes back to the culture of the company we're growth oriented so the leadership team is very much more on board with hey this is new technology so you'd have to probably have that first from a top-down perspective like hey we're interested in new things in your organization two um, we're very fiscally savvy and so we make sure that we don't carry um, any debt at all in our company. And we have okay. a surplus of, of, of cash flow to invest in new projects and technologies in that. Um, so then they, there's used to call ad-
0: it a, they used to call it a war chest. I don't think we can call it yeah. that anymore. That sounds <laughs> very politically incorrect to call it that for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, park, park that term, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I totally know what you mean. Exactly. Right. Um, and, and so there's the, the reason the financial resources available to do that. Um, and I wouldn't say that we said, Hey, um, this is, what we're willing to spend and invest in this. Um, What we usually try and do uh, and the same way we kind of gave Mac uh, a few projects to start before we hired him in is because it's a lot of small testing, right? It's like, let's spend a little bit of money on here, here and here and here. And then which one is going to grow, right? Um, Whichever one grows, we're going to start putting more money into that and just disregard the rest for now. And so that's what we, that's how we, that's really how we do it. Um, whether that be opening another location or division and that kind of stuff, we start small, put a bit of money into that. And as we see small wins, we start to funnel more resources there.
0: Truly a you know, crawl, crawl, walk, run. Again, yep, got to sure. throw a few buzzwords in there. Crawl, walk, run, approach, fail, fast, pivot, all the words. <laughs> yep. um, just curious around the, the the testing. A lot of people throw that around. How, you know, again, this is <laughs> how disciplined or how critical is it and how disciplined have you been in your approach of what are we actually testing? Like what question are we actually trying to find out? Cause the fail is only a fail if you didn't learn from it, but you have to know what you were trying to learn. And sometimes there's things that show up. I get it. You're like, Oh shit. I didn't even know that I was going to learn. I learned that. But is that a discipline that you see as important? Is it something you engage in your organization of like, when we are testing something, we've got pretty clear parameters of what we were, what we're hoping to learn. And then there's obviously the unknowns that show up.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I, sometimes we have, sometimes we okay, know the Okay, no, no, it's more of a let's, Now we're
0: speaking conceptually totally, <laughs> I mean, just to be,
1: yeah. exactly, just to be completely open. I don't think, I don't think we do that perfectly. Sometimes we know what yeah. we're looking for. Other times we're just like, oh, this did not work. That was a big fail. Let's go for a walk and see what
0: we see around the corner. Sometimes I don't know what's around the corner, but no, I'm going to exactly. walk there anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. no, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, yeah you're, it's hard to, You can't predict what you've never seen before. It can be very challenging to go, I want to learn this. And you're like, that sometimes actually limits you of what you actually, you get blinders on, you don't see.
1: For Mm -hmm. sure. And and, I mean, for this uh, laser scanning technology that we use for architects, I mean, we did know a a key question for them was, is it accurate? We knew that. And and you get that from interviewing your your customer and saying like, what matters to you? What what do you need? And and that's what constantly came up. And so we could we could run with that as we looked at technologies, as we looked at people and their skills. You know, we could use that as the baseline for sure.
0: Because, like your point, accuracy for what for what intent? Ultimately, from a sales process, accuracy for trust. That's right. And because if I can't trust it, then I can't be accurate, and then I'm going to fail down the road with my drawings or my build out or whatever the that's case right. may be. And the cascading impact of oh, those that, that measure being wrong right off, a the, lot. off the bat is catastrophic. Yeah, that's right. That's also appreciate. No, no, I think no, if I could no
2: just no also issue. touch on something. Um, you know, people are always going to need some sort of documentation done for their for their spaces, for their properties, for whatever. Um, uh, and there's always going to be some sort of demand, I think, mm-hmm. like from just just from what I've what I've seen from the
0: actual from just the business case itself. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: from the business side, from the architectural side, like you know, okay. there's going to be spaces that are just going to be impossible, not impossible to measure, but very very taxing on a lot of resources right and and so like with 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 what we do like we can just cut that into a fraction right and mm-hmm. and we just deliver like high output stuff whereas like if you're just out there with a tape measure and a laser it's like it you know there's so there's so many Anyway, I, I don't know if I kind of derailed that, but <laughs> No, no. What I'm
0: hearing you say also is like let's just as the reality of like accessibility. Like we can do we can do better data easier, which then we all know there's workforce challenges. We all know it's hard to get good people. Like those are realities that are facing every industry. Yeah. If I'm in a business or, you know, on the on the client side or the or the provider or the vendor side, and I go, wow, I could actually provide a better outcome to my client where maybe they would have cut the corner, like, oh, it's such a hassle to get this plate, this, this specific building or this room, or this weird abstract thing yeah. that's in, you know, the three-dimensional world is, can be very, uh, and there's pipes and there's all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you come at me with a technology solution that makes it easier, Man, I'm probably going to jump at that also quicker, right? Because you're making, you're removing those barriers. Yeah. And from a vendor perspective, you're not like, oh shit, we've got all this work, but we don't have any people, which Mm -hmm. that's a common theme. You don't have to go far to hear that storyline around like, oh, if I just could get more people, I don't care if that's my buddy who (laughs) runs the big landscape company to energy, like whatever it is, qualified people. So hearing technology balance that out, I think is only, it's only a smart way to build your business. Mm -hmm. Uh, curious a little bit you talked about has this opened up new customers for you like thinking about who's the ideal customer you talked about the architect i'm assuming that list starts to build over time as you evolve as you evolve this out
1: i would think it would um i don't i haven't seen any um it's brought on new customers that weren't using our services before for sure okay
0: but i haven't seen but in the in that same kind of i, I exactly ICP kind of range yeah that's right yeah
1: Um, outside of that, no, we haven't seen any kind of customers that are coming from a different field of service or outside our industry saying, Hey, you know, let's, but there's probably somebody
0: servicing them in a very unique way to their industry as well. Has this been, um, a disruptor in terms of your ability to gain new clients from like, I'm assuming in your industry, like ours, that the clients you want to get are probably have probably worked with someone else, a competitor. Has this helped you from a pure competitive uh, standpoint?
1: Absolutely. For sure. Definitely. And then it's, it's, it's marketing. It's getting the message out there. It's building that trust factor and um, going from there. Right.
2: Well, if I could just, if I could just jump in, it's funny because, you know, Tim and I have had this conversation a a ton of times where it's like, we want to get that message out, but we also don't want to like say too much. We don't want to like be like, yeah, it's a tricky balance. We're using (laughs) exactly the scanner and we're doing this and we're providing it to, you know, we, we kind of want to be like a little bit secretive, but also a little bit uh, transparent. I don't know. T- kind of toe the line between those two uh, things because then we're you know th- there's a possibility that every architecture company just buys this scanner and just does <laughs> you know and the
0: argument will be probably if it's the right way to do it, they eventually will. But back to your innovative, always doing better, always pushing, Mm -hmm. you'll still be at the bleeding edge of something that the other person who's a little bit slow to adapt, they're waiting for everyone in the industry to make it safe before they get in. So the argument is like, you know, there was a time when somebody had a computer in their office and somebody didn't. (laughs) And then eventually they went, Oh man, this is not, we need to go down this road. And now it becomes ubiquitous. Uh, I think the mindset and and the culture that Tim shared earlier about always being at the edge of like what's new and what's going to be better for our customers. Hopefully like that's the formula that keeps you ahead. It's not, waiting till the technology is safe and everybody jumps on. Because technically, if it's a good way of doing it, they should. Or what the hell are they doing? (laughs) That's another question. Exactly, yeah, no. Maybe going out of business. That's maybe what they're doing. (laughs) Slowly slowly, and then all of a sudden. Uh, For you guys, last question because I'm a marketer so I can't can't help it. What have been some of the ways uh, you probably have an existing customer base but outside of that when it looks to like new leads, what are some of the tactics that you've used that you've found successful? Like I was on your website. You guys go all in on your content creation which hats off. That's no easy task to put out videos and blogs and content. And what's really worked well for you? What's what's shined through, Tim, is in terms of like that is well worth the, the cost of entry.
1: Sure, I'll uh, tell you right now, um, we give before we try and take from somebody. <laughs>
0: give, 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 get, good yeah. old Gary Vee. So yeah.
1: um, there's a lot of ways that somebody can do that through their business, whether that's um, sending gift cards in the mail, whether that's you know just showing up with uh, something of value from your company and saying, hey, this is free. Whether that is bringing them coffee, I don't know what it is but we really believe in that method. It's not, it, it, that doesn't mean you're gonna get them right away. You know, there's time involved and they're, they're busy people and that kind of stuff. But uh, throughout the years, I have never seen such, uh, or I should say more feedback from people who say, I can't, be- I don't even know you. Like, I can't believe that you just gave for caring. to me. <laughs> Thanks for caring. I, I may not need your services now, but man, you're top of mind, right? And so often in marketing or sales, it's always like, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? But we're the opposite. It's like, hey, we're gonna give first. And if we're a good fit, then you'll remember us.
0: I love what you said. It's not about what 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 can I do for you now? How do I stay top of mind? Because yeah. if you know what some of the statistics that only 5% in a B2B environment, I think only 5% of your, your, your addressable market is actually in the market to buy your services at that time. Yes. But that other 95% still making notes of who you are or that you hope they are. So yeah. that day that they're like, ah, I'm frustrated, and they go to their computer, they're like, oh, Mark, I know, th- yes, I'm gonna call those guys today. And that's so much what it is, and we forget that in marketing. We do this, put in a quarter, get a gumball out. It's yeah. just not how it works. No. <laughs> it's not how it works. <laughs> no. If I spend a dollar, what exactly will I get in the first four weeks? I'm like, hmm, the start of something awesome, but yeah, that's probably about that's it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, preaching to, to the choir. Um, What's the best way for someone to, t- two fronts? Like, I think we kind of cover two angles. If someone wants to, like, is in this field and really is, like, wow, I like what you guys are talking about. <clears throat> Go to your website, check it out. Are you, are you guys hiring or recruiting at this time? Maybe I'll ask that. Just kind of blatant question. Uh,
1: yeah, we definitely are hiring
0: uh, through the lines. Always looking for side. good people. Always looking for good <laughs> people.
1: Hundred percent. Um, that's definitely an always. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with us, of course, you know, visit our website. You know, ArcSurveys.ca. You can find us there. You'll see our faces and our names all over the place there. Um, you know, give us a call uh, through the numbers that's on our website, send us an email. We, again, it comes back to what we said in the beginning, like we we pick up the phone for anybody, right? Um, You know, phone calls and emails are free. So definitely, uh, you know, we're happy to sit down, have a coffee, right, and just start building relationships. You never know where those lead.
2: I completely, yeah, I completely, exactly. completely
0: agree. Um, last question. And I'm assuming you're open to it because you've already been very clear. If somebody's listening that they're in a completely unrelated field, but they're trying to get this skunk work. So they're trying to get a new division up and running. I, I, I feel like you'd be a wealth of advice in that department as well.
1: Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a problem. Like it comes back to, again, like that client who had needed something done, we couldn't do it. We figured out how another company could do it for him and then gave that to him. And so, You know, if somebody's thinking like, you know, what I've got these ideas, I'm in a company. How do I start this up? Like, hundred percent. Like, get get in contact with us. Uh, you know through your podcast or website whatever it is right we'll, and, we'll throw it all out there and yeah there. for yeah. sure yeah. check out sure yeah you guys have a great website
0: notes. you have ton of content on there again yeah. kudos to you guys for putting in the time and energy to, to yeah. do that and thanks for coming on today and just being candid and conversation went in a few different directions but my, my goal is always give somebody one a little bit of curiosity and understanding about a field that they maybe don't know about and two they get to know who you guys are and whether it's relevant or not your company in the city is doing something innovative and that's those are the stories i like to tell so thanks for coming on hey here. thanks so much yeah. for having us we really yeah, thank it. you thank you both